Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. yesterday I'm not I swear to you I have expelled a gallon of diarrhea out of my body I mean it is and it's like if I get up mid-show I'm sorry because it is just like you gotta you gotta go right now you gotta go I feel that too do you feel sick or are you just like nah it's just a thing no I mean like it's just a mild discomfort from time to time like as soon as it's out I'm like I feel pretty good right now let's go back to moving stuff around my basement anyway um are we ready to kick off the show yeah welcome to quality time folks I'm your host Eric Woodworth back here another Sunday fun day uh, my name is Eric Woodworth, and I'm joined by my blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy Woodworth. How are you, sir? Hey, uh, it's me, Jeremy. Wait a minute, it's just regular Jeremy? No, it's Insano Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> it's From a different universe! Oh no, Insano Jeremy! Oh, he's going to powerbomb the water boy. Very cool. Uh, you know what I drink for every day? I drink molten lava. <laughs> oh, isn't that weird? I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. Uh, that's cool. Jeremy, welcome back to the program. And I'm also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontiars. Ashley, how are you, love? I'm good, Daddy. Very nice. Very nice. Now, I wanted to kick off the show by going back to last week's episode as we did Don't Breathe, which was very, very fun. But, you know, we're kind of on a week-to-week basis right now with episodes. We're recording them Sundays. You guys are getting a Monday uh, because we have no buffer left. And uh, so Jeremy doesn't sometimes have the, the correct amount of time. You know, he's a very, your schedule is packed. So sometimes you need a little extra time to maybe make some content for an episode that's maybe already out. So uh, you made a song for last week's episode, Don't Breathe, that uh, wasn't ready to air, but now is. I hate to say I was just lazy and I just didn't do it in time. And I might have actually thought it up after we actually recorded the episode. Okay, so this was inspired by our recording. I like that. Yeah. Um, All right, well, without further ado, let's give it a little listen. It is like a two and a half minute song. We'll we'll listen to it. We'll listen to it in its entirety at the very end if you want to get it. But uh, let's give it a minute uh, and see what we got here for uh, Jeremy's new song.
up from there we got you through the halfway point at that point uh the turkey baster of love song uh jeremy what really uh, take us into the the actors into, into the uh into the studio where where does this how how, how, how does this song come to fruition what were its uh, i think i think uh just the the uh name of the song should have been drippy t- turkey baster of love <laughs> but obviously the star of the movie don't breathe and, and of course, uh, you know, I am trying to sell this song to uh, members of Sha Na Na. Okay, Sha Na Na is going to take Yeah. It. I figured this will re, re-bring up their uh, careers, so. Yeah, the way, when that song's playing, I imagine the guy from Don't Breathe with, like, his vat of cum that he's heating up, just, like, to a simmer, you understand? Not hot, just a nice little r- above room temp, and then he, like, sticks a pinky in there and goes... Ooh, not, not quite yet. Not quite yet. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, oh, just the tiniest bit of pubes in there. Well, oh God, uh, Jeremy, <laughs> love the song. Uh, it's definitely going on my hot girl summer playlist. <laughs> I will definitely, definitely keep it on while I'm being drugged at some sort of comedy comedy show so thank you i will say that this is my uh don't breathe in general not to go too far into it because we got plenty to get into but uh we have um uh it is my it's honestly my the best turkey baster scene in a movie and i have seen another uh one uh if you've watched the l word there is a there's a graphic turkey baster scene in that as well Oh, the L word. I watch that show all the time. <laughs> I could tell. It was uh, I happened to walk by just as my wife was watching that part. I was like, Oh, that's what uh that's a turkey baster right there. <laughs> that's uh whoa, okay. All right, nice. Um I, but I, I bet there... you in fancier circles they actually have like dildos that work like a taste turkey baster. You think so? I would yeah, they there's little reservoirs ones that I'll actually shoot loads. Justin Schlegel, the great Justin Schlegel, sent me a game. It's called uh 
God, I don't know. But to just I can't remember the name of this game, but what it is, it's a V-shaped like two dicks that mount to a table. And the game is is like you answer these cards and like, you know, depending on the answer, it tells you how many times you get to jerk it off like this and you go pump 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 and then the other person goes pump 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 and then eventually one of you gets fucking blasted by the little dick cannon on the table. It looks it looks like a fun party game. I can't wait. I thought why it was would, called "Come in Your Face." Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. It is "Come in Your Face." Yeah. Why would you? Why would you buy it? That's literally just going on a first date. Where are you from? Well, I think it's. I think it's on the. Eyes? I think it's on the shelves right next to Shoots and Ladders for the kids at, at Toys R Us. <laughs> Wait, is that the one that comes with his own gun or no? Yeah, and uh, right next to the the uh, the the, the um. The game called uh, "Shoot Your Parents." So, <laughs> yeah, that one that one's fun. But after you do it, you have to take that shoot all the way down to juvenile. So, I I like it. Isn't that like Counter Strike Bayside High Edition? High edition? <laughs> you... I'm pretty sure the Menendez brothers said it was their favorite childhood game. So that is good. I've been I've been working on my own version of Operation, but it's like Backstreet Abortion. Backstreet Borson. All right. <laughs> you just can't. You just can't get caught, because then, because then both her and the baby die. So. Uh, do I have this still? I might have moved it out here. Uh, yeah, here it is. Hold on. Let me. That's speaking of backyard ab- abortion. Uh, let's see. Let's pull up this little classico from back in the day. No. We're gonna do it. Looks like you goofed inside me. Now I got an extra heart inside me. I thought you said you would pull out. Backyard abortion Nothing's gonna turn me back now Straighten coat hanger off the rack now We're gonna make this fetus die Backyard abortion There's nothing I didn't try This miscarriage is impossible This time there's no stopping us I'm gonna do it on your market set, we go now. Got a future and we all know now. I'm gonna make this dream come true. And we'll do it our way. Yes, our way. I don't want to reproduce. And- okay, anyway, backyard abortion uh, from the archives there. I don't know if Ashley's ever heard that one before. Never heard that one. <laughs> By the way, that was my uh, my favorite episode of Laverne and Shirley, where they're like, "Well, who's who's going to help us get our abortion?" And that's when Lenny and Suggy go, "How?" as they walk How? in the door, so. like that. Oh, Laverne, you're not going to believe what I found in this alley. Somebody just threw this perfectly good baby away. <laughs> like Lenny, we know this guy. Not- <laughs> we know this guy who knows this guy. Who, who who will do it for at least fifty bucks? It's and it's a special. That's the special episode where the Fonz is the guy who does that. That's his side gig. He goes out of market. <laughs> hey, you know I'm just a simple guy. He comes out here, does some backyard abortions. Just just like any good, what like he is with electronics, he knows exactly 
were to punch the girl in the gut to make her oh, have the abortion. See, so. that's the fonts. The fonts wouldn't do that. He would be a gentleman about it and use science. Uh, you know, old Henry Winkler. Anyway, uh, I think I think it's about that time for another ins- exciting installment of Honest Ash. And here we go. Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. Once when I was a child, I had great parents who thought it was a great idea to constantly fill me with Hawaiian punch. And one Sunday, we got to church, and I had had way too much sugary shit. And right at the beginning of communion... I started spewing what looked like blood all over the church, and the lady fainted and had to be carried out. This is on a sash. <laughs> Join us next week for another exciting episode of Honest Ash, where she actually, uh, I don't know, pisses herself exorcist style at communion. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god. Ashley, how have you lived this life? How have you- <laughs> And the best part was I am like just like a fountain of like red vomit from all this Hawaiian punch. And just I remember looking at a lady like, help me. And then she fainted. And uh, I was fine afterwards. I got donuts. You know, I was. <laughs> I've never felt more like junk. <laughs> Oh man, I had, uh, I remember one of my middle school teachers once, uh, threw up did the slickest throw up in class i'd ever seen somebody do (laughs) she was clearly having a day and i think she was a raging alcoholic although i can't confirm or deny that that was mostly from the non-throw-up smell but what smelled like just hard grain alcohol that came out of her body uh (laughs) but she sat there and i watched her have like a little cough and then maybe do a whole mouthful of throw up into like a tissue. And I was like, that's, that's leaking. And then she just quietly balled it up, opened up a drawer, dropped it in, and then just grabbed another one, wiped her hands. And nobody, I swear I was the only one who saw her throw up in her own hands and just not leave class. Very. That is, that is foul. One other story and then we'll move on because you got me started. So one time, in elementary school, still about the same age. We were in class one day, and I, some kid threw up for whatever reason, throws up in class. Then another kid's like, oh, no, oh, no, I can't see it. Oh, no, I can't see it. And then he throws up. <laughs> and, and then everybody starts panicking. And I'm watching. I'm like, this is cool as shit. And then the girl next to me goes, oh, no, oh, no, it's too many throw ups. And then she, <laughs> and then the more kids start throwing up, <laughs> the more keeps happening there are five kids all around the classroom now just throwing up out of <laughs> being upset that the other kid threw up it was the best day of school you basically like, had I... the scene from problem child 2 actually happen to you <laughs> it's so great. Oh, the best part was like watching it happen and just enjoying the chaos and then hearing oh no behind me and the kid behind me had thrown up and I'm like, what is happening god I've never thrown up at school before, but uh, I can tell you probably the most embarrassing school moment I've ever had. It was uh, sixth grade. Uh, shout outs, Oakland Mills Middle School. And uh, God, I did was... you get your first period? 
listen, it's I probably would have preferred that from what happened because this is a it's a level of embarrassment that my reputation didn't overcome. I would say a defining moment of my childhood. Okay, because after that, after what happened in this story, I could only be. I could only be on track for the class clown of the future. That's it. That's the only thing I could. I I had no other options at this point, right? So uh, I was sitting in uh, my uh, my my English class, and uh, I I don't know what we were working on, but I sat next to this girl named Tierra Whitehead. Shout outs, and uh, she know. I guess it's worth prefacing. I had a fart bubbling inside me that was oh, maybe. No. I mean, it, you know when it's just like you just feel like a balloon and you're like, man, one, there's no gambling. It's all, yes. it, it, you're holding back the enemy at the gates at this point. If you just move, you're going to let it out. And I'm in the class and like it's those classic, I don't, I don't know if you guys had these kind of chairs, but it's like the all plastic like school chair, right? Yeah. The, the acoustics on it, strong, okay? If you rip a fart in one of these chairs, it is like it is like shitting into a <laughs> megaphone, okay? It's fucking bad. So I just, I know the acoustics, I know this, and I know I'm just uncomfortable. I'm like, I just got to weather this through. I'm just trying to be quiet, head down, looking at a piece of paper. Well, Tierra, uh, uh, who's sitting next to me, notices that I have a, a small finger-sized hole in my armpit of my shirt. She's like, you got a little hole there. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I'm not, not noticing. I look away. She takes it, pokes me in the the little finger hole thing, and I let loose. <laughs> I laughed, and then that laughter that came out went, it wasn't like, it wasn't a little fire. It was like, <laughs> like fucking reverberated the entire classroom. And everybody, everyone in the class is going, oh, my God, <laughs> and laughing. And I just got up in just like a huff of like, I, I told you not to poke me. And I just left the classroom. <laughs> it was it was a defining day at old uh, Oakland Mills Middle that day. Let me tell you. So. Yes, that bitch. <laughs> Hey, hey! That fart was talked about for weeks after that. And you're like that fart Eric let out, epic. Never, never before you heard such sound, such clarity. It was like the heavens had opened up. And uh, I went to a very different school. I went to private school. We didn't, we didn't really ever talk very long about stuff like that. It was more like, why hasn't Tabitha been back to school? And we're like, oh, she got pregnant. She's homeschooling now. Ah, so, uh... yeah much more to talk about that year i don't think we had it we yeah we didn't have any uh pregnant t- teenagers at our school oh man those private school girls they love to be poked you may not like getting poked eric but private school girls do <laughs> <laughs> well that's uh that's very exciting i've most private school uh people that i've met uh uh have been some of the wilder uh, uh, drug users I've ever met in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. 100%. They, uh... I, I remember one time, uh, senior year, pair of seniors got kicked out because they were caught fucking in the graveyard during a funeral. <laughs> oh, during a funeral. That's a, that's a real... I think you get a Linnea Quigley Award for doing that kind of stuff, you know? Jeremy, no Linnea Quigley reference? Doesn't do anything for you, huh? Haven't you ever seen the movie Private School? Now I know. Is it is that the the prequel to Private Parts, the Howard Stern uh, documentary? Uh, no, but uh, 
Yeah, I, I met uh, I met Trash at the last uh, convention I went to with uh, oh, nice. with, with with old Edward X and the um, and uh, got some video of him and her. So that's awesome. Old Linnea Quigley. Oh, and um, there were two guys that uh, came and dressed as uh, as uh, shit. Whoever whoever the two gals were in the movie um, uh, Demon Knight. And were dressed as their characters, but they were dudes. I love it. So pretty much the same, look exactly the same, except uh, six inches taller than the female counterparts. So Very I like cool. when guys gender bend. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's actually that's the one season of um, uh, you know, if you've ever seen Avatar, they never talk about the fifth element, which is the gender bender. Where he is, he it's just David Bowie essentially, and he's just like, I'm not really sure what I am. I'm the master of gender bending, and then, um, you know, it's really it's a it's a good clan that they left out. Um, but oh well. <laughs> anyway, there's some listener that heard that, and there's a big Avatar fan that was like, "Fuck yeah, gender bender, woo!" And that was uh, none of you guys in this room, but uh, I do have one like. <laughs> Quick little story to tell. I did a. Uh, can, can I? Can, can I? Can I do a little joke? Yeah, you can do a little joke. Of course. I think a fifth element would have been much better with Pat from uh, Saturday Night Live. Ah, I have a multi pass. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course and of course the uh, the Chris Rock character that black guy would be totally normal and not gay. Oh, you're talking about you mean Chris Tucker, I believe, and uh, Chris Rock, Chris Tucker, they're both black. <laughs> oh boy, that's, that's great. You said his name was Chris. Isn't that close enough? Twenty nine. Sixteen. Chris Tucker should have been, been easier to remember because he's probably tucking. I'm Ooh. pretty sure Chris Rock was in all those Friday films as well. Oh my. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're getting at. I see what you're getting at. Uh, I. Uh, what, what, what if the movie about the guy that made cars was called Tucker, but it was played by Chris Tucker? So. Oh yeah, it was and they, he was the the cars guy. Yeah, instead of the dude. So. All right. Yeah, I get. I could. Uh, I could see that. Or like, like uh, McQueen, McQueen, my man, you got to run around the faster. Was that a good? Yeah. Was that a good Chris Sorry. Tucker right there? Somebody opened a window. I mentioned the movie Tucker. Uh, what about uh, uh, Dale and Tucker, but they replaced Tucker with Chris Tucker? And he's like, come on, man. I don't want to touch these zombie dicks. Get out of here. <laughs> and then it's it's him and Jackie Chan doing it instead. It was Yes. Uh, that would be good. Dale and Tucker. Dale and Tucker. <laughs> I would. That would be a good. I'd watch that. I think that would be solid. Well, they gotta give uh, the Chinese guy like a more American name, so Dale is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm working. I'm working on a current like cop buddy reboot myself. It's called Turner and Cooch. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Jackie Chan would be good with Chris Tucker in a movie like that, though, because he'd be like, "Do you understand the incantations that are coming out of my mouth?" <laughs> you know, because he keeps gonna mess up the words. You know. That'll be fun. Anyway, guys, uh, I did a I did a virtual, I had I did a virtual comedy show on uh, Thursday, no Friday night, and um, uh, 
God, it was, uh, I fucking had a blast. I kind of did pretty good. I kind of did pretty good, right? Um, Justin Schlegel and uh, Tommy were there in virtual, uh, in the virtual crowd watching. But there was this moment that was so goddamn funny. Uh, The comic who was up there, he's just like... uh, He's like, you know, this is a, it's a weird place. This sucks. Go to a real comedy club and do this. And then while he's going on about how this isn't like real comedy, but it, I'm still doing it. And we're getting like some good laughs or whatever. Yeah. He goes, uh, he goes over the booker of the, the virtual room comes up on stage. And he's like, um, Dale, Dale, stop for Dale. Uh, he goes, what? what? He's just like, I'm sorry, but there's somebody who has their mic off. They're breathing. They, people can't hear you at all. He's like, Okay, well, get off the fucking stage and go fix it. Why the fuck would you come up here and stop it? This is the only thing that is a is a plus of being able to do this shit in a virtual world is that you just go and click mute on that guy. So fucking hit the mute button, you fucking pansy. <laughs> he just like laid into the booker. Oh man, I I it was a ten out of ten, uh, hilarious moment, and then. Uh, you know, overall, just great time. Uh, Jeremy, I got to get these virtual goggles on you and let you see some stuff. It's pretty wild. There is, like porn? Uh, well, I mean, I'd rather you not. Uh, maybe get your own pair. Uh, you could imagine what it would look like uh, with that, but I, I don't feel comfortable you watching porn on my VR. That's a, that's a, that's a personal thing. Would, would you mind if you're... Um... If your glasses felt like a jelly donut or a or a glazed donut had been handled with your uh, glasses, it's just just covered with skin and cum, and just yeah, I I don't think I would like that. As a matter of fact, I think that would be something I would dislike overall. Kind of like a magazine that's completely shut and won't be opened again because of all the jizz on every page. <laughs> I I only borrowed it once. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I think somebody jizzed on this. <laughs> uh, hi, Ashley. Hi. Ashley was here the whole time. I didn't just say it because she came back because she maybe needed to use the bathroom. Real uh, quick. I feel so much lighter. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Like after going to a buffet. Hell yeah, Dude, Golden Corral style. This is the first solid poo I've been able to take in a couple days because I've been sick again. And I was going to hold it because I wanted to hear Eric's story, but my body was like, hey, the trains are coming. Get off the tracks. Hell yeah. Do you ever get some, some poo residue <laughs> in, the wrong, in the wrong part of your butt? But you think that, but you think that it's like in your butt, so you really try to poo, but you end up getting like a a, a hemorrhoid instead. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. <laughs> this is a normal thing. Yeah, all the time, yeah. Jeremy. Because uh, that that happened to me last week, and it was like really ir- irritating. I'm like, gosh, I really got to poo, but I didn't have to poo. It was just some residual poo that I didn't clean up on the outside of my butt. Jeremy, I reiterate, it is heartbreaking for me on a weekly and daily basis to remember the fact that both you and Eric are married and I am unpartnerable. Hey, uh, 
you know, he, he, hey, well, you know, a lot, a lot of guys are gay these days, so you gotta can't true. blame it all on yourself. Yeah. Hey, uh, I hey, you know, I just thought of this. You know, what do you call uh, what do you call uh, uh, uh someone who uh eats eats ass, but uh, the person has hemorrhoids? Oh God, I don't know. A, a polyp dinner. I don't know. I know that was. I don't. I don't under. Yeah. It's like a potluck dinner, but it's a polyp dinner, and polyps are oh, like a little. Yeah. I got oh, it. Oh, oh, uh, what's it. his name? Polyp, the guy that did the paintings and shit. Yeah, Jackson Polyp. Yeah, Jackson <laughs> Polyp. He's just. I. What is this one? He's like, I make all my art by, by popping my polyps on top of this canvas and then <laughs> letting them drip That's out. <laughs> We've gone into a new gross level on this episode, which is uh, honestly lighter than the movie that we will be talking about this evening. Yeah, we got to stop doing all these heavy movies. It's boning me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey. well, I have to say there was a there was a happy ending to my hemorrhoid story because after know. I showered and I cleaned the the little little bit that needed to be cleaned out, man, it felt so good. Even though I had to work around this ginormous golf size fucking vein next to my colon that had now been just like formed because i had to poo ah right. you know out of all the things i thought were gonna make me quit the podcast this might be it <laughs> <laughs> she was she was fine with all the racism until we started talking about fucking hemorrhoid shit <laughs> <laughs> We are. I like when we push the bounds of decency, where Ashley is is legitly grossed out. Because I feel like you're a, you're a hard person to gross out. But, oh uh, yeah. But Jeremy, let me tell you, he is walk. He is the embodiment of most of those things. So no, yeah, I've 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 known this for a while. I just don't know why I let myself be surprised. Like I felt bad that I was going to tell you guys. It looked like a giant snake in the toilet before i got out here and i'm like yes. oh, you know what <laughs> no the thing with our family is our 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 uh, comp- competition was to see which letters of the alphabet you could spell in the in the toilet <laughs> <laughs> do not reveal the woodworth secrets also i'm the only one who successfully made a q uh lowercase exactly i lowercase. mean the letter c is nothing <laughs> Uh, anyway, I have, uh, uh, let's get into tonight's movie as we will be going over, uh, ooh, just a gem from the year 2014, It Follows, which, uh, directed by, uh, David Robert Mitchell back in 2016, uh, I'm sorry, 2014, and, uh, can you name uh, what's your favorite David Robert Mitchell thing that he's done? Um, um, I'll go with It Follows because I had to look up anything else he's ever done. Uh, he direct <laughs> he was the writer of Under the Silver Lake I've never seen and uh, the the Myth of the American Sleepover also I've never seen that don't know what that is so I only know about It Follows uh, and he's done. 
nothing at all since then. But this is uh, what I can say about It Follows just from a movie in itself. Uh, I, it is a great independent horror film. I will say that. For something that is not a big budget, does not have an actor that you would know about um, in there at all, It's a, it, and not particularly gory, not particularly uh, special effects driven. Uh, there are some cool little effects here and there, but nothing that probably a film student with some gumption couldn't uh couldn't uh, attack and pull off i i feel like and it and it feels like a big budget movie uh the way mm-hmm. it's shot and stuff like that i would say that this uh gentleman uh if i had to venture a guess is a huge john carpenter fan not only from the way that he has it scored but the way it is shot is very much like old john carpenter movies mm-hmm. a la halloween and stuff like that um but it's good i mean i i definitely enjoy it um i don't know what are, what are your thoughts ashley i mean for me one of the things that really drew me to it as a Carpenter fan, I would agree with you 100%. But what I like about is, is the idea that the younger generation, people my age and younger, this can be kind of, I don't know, a love letter to the horror movies you grow up with. We've said that about Psycho Gorman. Um, some of the things that we grew up with reflected in, in that type of movie. I feel the same way about it follows. I, I look at it as something I can enjoy for the modern era that can be relatable for the next generation. That's what I like. I like it. Yeah, there's nothing about a nice, fun horror movie about an allegory about rape culture that'll really get things stirred up this morning, you know? Uh, Which is what I I think the movie is about for the most part. I mean, it's just... uh... See, that's what I thought too, and I agree with that, but I also wrote down, is this an allegory for STDs? Because if you think about it, as a like I said earlier, as a private schooler, this would have been the type of thing on some level they actually taught in our schools. I don't know if any of you guys would have gone through this, but we were taught abstinence. We were not given any sex education. So we were taught, and this is legit. I actually had a chapel, like a, a seminar where they did this, where we were taught that you know, a woman is like a piece of tape. And the more she starts getting stuck to people, the less sticky she gets. So you should be a virgin (laughs) because who will want you when you're not sticky anymore? Uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, there's a whole... There's a whole religion that'll uh, that blow themselves up for seventy-two of you. So you know, keep <laughs> keep those legs crossed, ladies. Uh... <laughs> no, but I mean, you see what I'm saying though, too. Whether it's rape or like even like STD or virginity or like whatever, kind of like because again, if you think about it, like an STD, where we get into the film where you constantly hear somebody else gave it to me. No, I'm gonna give it to you. I mean, it's it's all sex is like such a great motivator for this film. I think it's uh, I think it's almost just more of a allegory, not so much as uh, just uh, STDs straight up because you can see that right away. But I think it's just uh, a loss of innocence in general and how that loss of innocence will follow you around no matter where you go. And even if you pass it on to somebody, maybe, and you know, I think it talks about the, the, the idea of, uh, 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 how abuse is a giant chain that just goes through everyone. You, you do it like, like, for instance, like a child molester, they find out that most child molesters were indeed molested themselves at one point. So the idea of them passing that on and making a never ending chain, 
vein of fucking horribleness is kind of what I think the the movie says to me. Um, I like to uh, think of the allegory go. of the movie, uh, but but only with AIDS because AIDS is the only one that actually kill the only STD that actually kills you. Even though syphilis will like give you brain damage if you don't take care of it. Yeah, the syphilis will fuck you up. I should know. Uh... <laughs> and of course, I I explained this all. I prefer to explain it all in a song. Oh, okay. So here's a little special tune by Jeremy Woodworth, his It Follows song. It follows. There you go. Uh, I will say I had in my mind the giant nine foot guy was actually nude in the movie, but I never when I watched it this time, he's not nude. He's wearing clothes. And I felt that you were disappointed. I swear (laughs) I saw that giant guy's dong and I don't like that. It's not. I just imagined that, which makes me (laughs) strongly heterosexual. Um, The fact fact that they actually found the actual. uh, um, uh what is what is it called? The Walking Man or the um, Slender Man? The Slender Man for the actual fucking movie. Yeah, I don't think he's not slender enough. You know what he looks like? He looks like the guy from Big Fish or The Devil's Rejects, tiny. Uh, the, but but he looks like the like the Coke like the Pepsi Max version of him, like a much better low calorie version of him. <laughs> and and his, actual, his actual name is uh, Matt McCrory, who is uh the character of Sasquatch from Howard Stern. And when oh. you talk to him, he talks so low, you can barely understand what he's saying. Yeah. He would go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was, was going to say, we may not have slender man, but we've got a thick man. And his name is Eric. <laughs> he's thick. And, and instead of a, <laughs> never mind. 
<laughs> you're like, I keep thinking about giant dongs. And I'm like, Eric's is the alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> the, the opposite the opposite of him is uh robert leguizamo as the clown and fucking um, robert Spawn. leguizamo <laughs> robert yes. I, I i it's true i am a big robert leguizamo fan <laughs> <laughs> huge the biggest one um i loved him in the pe- robert leguizamo in the pest that was really good uh the, <laughs> how did you get robert leguizamo out of that because he's like the, the the character of the clown is like the fattest um, um, shortest person in any movie that isn't a midget. Would you have thought of maybe instead of Robert Leguizamo, maybe casting John Leguizamo in that part? <laughs> maybe I'm thinking of Robert Wadlow, the tallest man of all times. <laughs> what are you even talking about? <laughs> yeah, his brother Robert Leguizamo. Robert Logia, yeah. Why don't you listen to this? <laughs> listen to this music you've never heard before. Robert Leguizamo. <laughs> I'm going to start a new podcast and call it Two Strokes, and it's going to be you two having strokes. Every- <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to Two Strokes with Ashley, Jeremy, and Eric. We don't do know what's going be, on even. The Gary Coleman one? Yes, you get to be the Gary Coleman. That is accurate. I don't want to be the Todd sure. Bridges because I have to take cocaine. Ah. I mean, it's you don't have to do anything. It's literally happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this movie kicks off. Uh, I love the opening scene with uh, the girl Annie, uh, who runs out of her house in her pajamas and high heels, which seems impractical. I've never been in a rush to be like, you. quickly put on my red heel, put on the stilettos. Mommy has to go out on the town. I've never been getting busy with a dude and left my high heels on. I'm a big girl. The minute we get home, I'm like, take them off me. Like, no. Yeah, samesies. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> then it is a really cool opening shot where it's like one long shot, very reminiscent of a uh, a Halloween where it feels like she's avoiding the camera as it as she circles and takes a big long walk around, then hops back in her house and grabs her car keys and then drives the fuck away. Uh, then she, uh, it, we, we're at the beach, and she, she says her goodbyes to her parents and gives them a farewell uh, via a cellular phone call. And then the next thing that we see, uh, she is folded up like a fucking uh, pretzel uh, on the beach with her leg kicked back into her own face as the, uh, the monster has uh, fucking given her some extreme yoga lessons. Um, you know what this scene <laughs> reminded me of? What's that? It reminded me of my wife who would rather go somewhere to die than have sex with me. <laughs> I get it. Uh, it reminded me of Jaws. Um, <laughs> I was going to go with Jaws. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I do. Uh, whew, yeah, Jeremy. That was, uh, you know what? Sometimes, man, you just make it real. You know, so sometimes, you know, we're we're in here talking about fictional worlds, and you just you slap that right on us. Uh, you know, buy... that's that's the life of a married man. Apparently, I would, <laughs> I would buy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would I would buy Jeremy a flashlight, but I'm afraid you're not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy can make his own flashlight. Out of real flesh. I thought they're just something for putting cigarette butts into. <laughs> That's 
<laughs> so upsetting. Oh, uh, anyway. So uh, next we get to meet Sweet Jay, played by actress uh, uh, Makia Monroe. And uh, uh, unknown actress, but uh, she's just hanging around in her above ground uh, pool, you know, as you do when you live in a lower middle class neighborhood. Uh, we get to meet her uh, sister, Kelly, and then her friends, uh, Paul and Yara, which uh, Yara's got a big old gap tooth and some type of technology that I, I don't understand what she's using. What is Thank this? Thank you. <laughs> I, I, it's so hard to guess what time this movie takes place. Obviously, Agreed. it has cell phones, but they're not smartphones. Yet she has a basically Kindle that is a compact that uh, she can read books from. It it's makes a shell. yeah. I don't <laughs> understand anything about the technology think, of this movie. She has a leapfrog phone. A leapfrog. It's a speaking spell for her. Yeah. <laughs> she's typed all that. All right. But yeah. Oh, and by the way, I prefer to call Paul Paul the Cuck. Paul the Cuck. Yes, I will say that uh, I do have some more to talk about Paul as we get into this. But uh, Paul, would you like to say that he kind of reminds you of Sean Laskowitz? Uh, a bit of a Sean Laskowitz fear. He's played by actor Keir Gilchrist, who actually, out of all the actors and actresses, actually has a couple of credits that are halfway decent. He was in the movie Dead Silence and The Rocker. So. Uh, very good well, for him. Can I say though the the lead actress though? I know you're you're right. She's not really known necessarily for a lot. I guess she would have done this movie after. I don't think either of you have seen it. I watched. I believe it's free right now on Tubi. Um, the guest. She was the lead uh, in the guest. She was great in that too. I'm hoping we see a lot more of her because I actually quite quite enjoy her work. All right. Well, check that out. I I stand corrected. She's been in things. So uh, is she almost naked in the guest. N- n- no. Uh, I guess I'm not going to watch it then. <laughs> very very cool, Jeremy. So uh, she then heads to the movies with her new boyfriend Hugh, who's got big old Chad like qualities. He's a total Chad. He's out there. He's ready to the mo- he's ready to take her to the uh, place. But they uh, they play a little game, and it's a weird movie theater they go to, which they leave before the movie starts. But uh, it has like a, an organ at the front that plays beforehand, and you're like, I can't put what time this movie is supposed to be happening but uh, indeed they are at a old well they they always they always have their friday night uh you know um cult following movie where everybody watches birth of a nation ah classic birth of a nation night yeah all right you gotta have organ playing with that so that is true yeah how can you how can you just see the seeds of racism without live music am i right it's, it's not a talkie yeah, it's you're right. So uh, they play this little game that says uh, their their game that they set up is like uh, I'm going to pick somebody out of the crowd. You have to guess uh, who I would switch places with and why. And uh, she can't guess his, but uh, his was a little boy. And he's like, look how happy that kid was. He seems like he's having the time of his life, not a care in the world, which is foreshadowing to what's going on in Chad's life that we don't know about quite yet. Uh, I mean, you. No. Oh, sorry. Hugh. Hugh. I just I'm calling him Chad because he has a Chad energy, which is a it's a millennial term, Jeremy, uh, where. uh, Well, my friend Chad was very gay growing up, so Uh, it's not very Chad like. But also, I think that he could have said something like, hey, look at that little kid. 
it's not like he can have sex with somebody and have like an evil demon chase after him the rest of his life. That is true. <laughs> that is true. It well, was a simpler my, time. My brother-in-law's name was Chad, and he's a piece of shit. So I still think it fits the standard. Hey, have you ever called your brother-in-law Chad and say, hey, hey, what's up? Uh, do you know Chad? And then you go, Chad who? And you go, Chad the fuck up! And then uh, it's a fun, it's a fun bit. Uh, no, but I did piss in his car. That hell was pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so uh, when it's uh, when it's um, Hughes' turn to actually play, uh, he says, "I'd switch places with that girl over there." And he points, and there's nobody standing there. He gets super freaked out, and they leave the movie theater. They go out, have a little dinner at the diner, and return home. But the next night, Hugh takes Jay to a romantic river. Uh, river next to an abandoned warehouse for some sex and uh, they get it on in his yellow 1975 Plymouth Grand Fury which is on the cover art of the uh, um, of the uh, of the movie uh, they uh, it's a real it's a real fuck mobile I think we can all agree on that nice vinyl seats you can make love stains wherever you want and hose it right down not going to be a problem I've had sex in my smart car, so you can literally have sex in any car. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Wow. Um, can we mention? Can we mention the really bad uh, side door dome light that shines on their faces while they're having sex? Yeah, that is kind of weird. Yeah, I, I mean, who wants like like? I hope this light shines in our face so nobody sees us having sex in our car. Yeah, I'm all about having light, the lights off. That way Jesus can't see you. That's how the rules work, guys. <laughs> um, you mean Jesus can see you? Oh, if you, the second light is on you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't care about lights, but I make sure the pictures of my parents are turned around or out of the room. <laughs> I'm going to be so in trouble now for all those kids I had sex with a car with. So. <laughs> <sighs> oh, damn it, Jeremy. All right, so... Uh, Next, uh, as she's uh, after they have that real intimate mushy, she's getting all mushy and talks about how she thought her first time was going to be like this and that, and then all of a sudden, Shad comes up behind her and pulls the old chloroform over her mouth as uh, he knocks her out. When Jay comes to, she realizes that she's now in that abandoned warehouse tied to a wheelchair, uh, which is this first date is not going as planned. And uh, finally, Hugh pipes up about what's happening. What are you doing? I'm not gonna hurt you. Don't worry. You're not gonna believe me. And I need you to remember what I'm saying. Okay? This thing. It's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you, back in the car. When we made sex. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. 
It can look like anyone. But there's only one of it. Sometimes, sometimes I think it looks like people you love just to hurt you. And he takes her over and wheels her. Wheels her over to the uh, blown-out wall of the building that they're on to show her this completely nude woman that's walking towards the building and uh, letting her see that it is real. And uh, it also notes that uh, he can still see it, even though the thing isn't necessarily after him at this moment. So uh, as, uh, as he wheels her over to see the nude woman, he says a little bit more about the situation. You can get rid of it, okay? Just sleep with someone as soon as you can. Just pass it along. If it kills you, it'll come after me. Do you understand? (laughs) What the fuck do you want? Jane, I'm doing this to help you. Just so you know it's real. Man, what a helpful guy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, but again, back to like your thing about like allegory as far as like what it stands for. You brought up earlier about um, loss of innocence, which honestly, if we're still sticking to that potentially as an idea, it would make sense that anybody that's already had sex, like who's already been in touch with the demon, is still going to see it anyways. Because once true. you've lost your virginity, you don't you, you don't go backwards. You can't get it unless you take those special classes that I'm holding here at the Woodworth uh, facility, where me and Jeremy re-virginiate people. Uh, it's a very exciting thing. It's uh, it, we just watch professional wrestling. It's great. You uh, you'll live a life of celibacy from that day forward, and uh, it'll be great. You will hate it. So anyhow, uh, <laughs> also. Also, with the special straps and the uh, the pins, uh, uh, I can become uh, re- uh, become uncircumcised. Oh, you that is, is that right? Oh, very interesting. And also, the other important thing is the only difference between this movie and the and the uh, Friday the Thirteenth is that you can actually see Jason. Ah, I gotcha. I gotcha. I thought it was very interesting the part where uh, Hugh mentions that, um, you know, sticking to that idea that, uh, you know, the monster is maybe just having sex and losing your virginity is the idea is like sometimes it can just look like somebody that you love just to mess with you, which I thought is it's very interesting to to hear that aspect of it. It is amazing. I just want to see those moments in in the. in the scenes in Friday the 13th where people start to have sex and Jason just kind of like, oh, somebody having sex somewhere. I got to go kill him. Oh, my, 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 my sex, uh, spider sex is going crazy. <laughs> and he has to go, he has to go murder some people fornicating. Which, which, which is the same as I did when I heard my parents having sex when I was young. So 
Hey, but I didn't actually kill them. You heard it. I saw it. Anyway, uh, oh, he God, drops her so off. Look, I didn't want another. I didn't want any brothers or sisters. Okay, neither did I. I, I didn't want to know how they were made. That's well, I could have stopped them. That would be like the worst episode of How It's Made, and it's just video of your parents having sex to make you. <laughs> Today on How It's Made, Eric Woodworth. <laughs> and it's just my parents watching the movie E.T. and then fucking. Ugh. Anyway, so uh, he uh, ends up dropping her off in front of her house in such a romantic mood. Doesn't even put her clothes back on or anything. Just drops her off in broad panties. He's like, all right, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Well, you could you could see it was a good date. Yeah, you could see it was that. Drops him in front of Kelly and uh, uh, and Paul and uh, Yara as well. So uh, they call the cops and uh, the police question her, and she tells them, you know, it was consensual, but there was definitely this weird naked woman who was after me. Didn't like it very much, uh, and she seems to be numb for the rest of the night. Cops continue to investigate, and uh, they find that he. Uh, 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 Hugh had rented the house under a fake name in the city. He's a real piece of work. So, uh, next, Jay is at school, and uh, Greg is uh, her her neighbor across the street is giving her the eye in class because nothing says, "Oh, she's vulnerable and having a horrible traumatic experience." This is my time to strike, and uh, she's seeing uh. Uh, one of the uh, follower uh, come towards the class uh, through the window, and it is in the form of an old woman in a hospital gown. She gets up to leave class, and no one realizes, uh, uh, can see the horror that is coming towards her, which is, it just looks like, uh, I mean, every old person that has days to live in a in retirement home just has that real look of play Yahtzee with me please and uh... can, can, I, can I say it was really disturbing because she looked like uh, Ross Smith's grandma's house videos with the midgets I don't know I, I understood three words out of that sentence Ross grandma's Smith. house oh grandma's house okay yeah they, they do pranks and stuff they do a lot of videos there's oh. They're second only to Jackass to me. Okay, I'm not familiar with it, but I'll take your word for it. She's really old. She looks like she's going to die any second. So uh, she leaves and then goes to tell Paul and her sister Kelly about everything that's going on, but Paul assures her that he'll stay up all night and watch out to her because he is the biggest simp in this movie. Uh, <laughs> he is just simping. He is the white in knight in oh. shining armor uh, just trying to save the day here. I don't give a shit if he's a simp. I know we we shit on the simp, but like there aren't enough simps in the world. That's all I'm saying. There needs. I'm just gonna there. Uh, it's called. Uh, I can't. I'm trying to make chivalry and simp go together. Simp simpery. Sh- You're uh, a chimp. Chimp. <laughs> You're a fucking. Chimp. Oh. Eric okay. is a fucking chimp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I accept. I like it. So uh, Paul assures her that he'll stay up all night and let her know if anything's going to go wrong. So they go to have a little slumber party at the house. Everybody's shacked up for the night. Here's some fun synthesizers and the transition of that that I ripped, which uh, I do enjoy this. Um, So it's a big sleepover. She can't get to sleep, so she talks to Paul a bit. But as they're talking... Things escalate pretty quickly. Sex ed talk the next day. I got one too. What the fuck? 
Go look. And in comes Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, immediately. Jeremy is now not paying attention, is showing us videos of little people on his phone through the Zoom camera. Jeremy. It was Grandma's house with Ross Smith. I'm a midget. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for that. I don't have a video of the old woman, though, so you can compare the old woman. Uh, I be- I'll just believe you, man. Maybe it's another show topic that we should talk about someday. He also he also goes on scooters, and he has like uh, fireworks propelling him on the scooters. Oh, that sounds cool. I like that. Mary uh, Mike- it's not. It's a lie, though, because the, 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 the fireworks really can't propel him as a midget. Because midgets aren't that light; mm. they weigh at least like fifty pounds. I know. I've tried to. I I can I can only throw one exactly eight foot, which is fifty pounds, is the exact same amount I can do. So that's how I know. Yeah, I think I think Mr. T holds the record for dwarf tossing. Uh, Paul goes to go investigate it, but says, I can't see anything that happened inside of here. He goes upstairs to go tell Kelly what's going on. And just as uh, Jay goes to go check out the kitchen, there is a new naked woman with her titties out after her. And it is fucking scary. Oh, God. And uh, she rushes upstairs and barricades herself in one of the bedrooms. And then... uh, is sitting there talking to folks about uh, 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 they finally let in. She lets in uh, uh, Paul and her sister, and then they finally hear a knock at the door, and she's like, no, 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 don't, don't fucking let them in. Do not, do not let that person in. I don't know who they are. You got to you gotta get the fuck up out of here. And they're like, no, nah, it's just Yara. We'll let her in. And uh, they let her in. And, of course, uh, it is just uh, Yara. But right behind him is a nine-foot-tall fucking version of It Follows. And it's just immediately <laughs> behind her, coming in the room, ready to rip it, her it's apart. It's Robert Wadlow. Oh, God, Robert Wadlow, not him. Uh so I'm it, surprised he's 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 alive after this hundred years that he's been dead. That is true. That is true. So uh, Jay then heads to a local park where uh, her friends finally meet up with her. Uh, Greg also comes up and he's kind of walking like the thing that it follows, but it's not. Uh, and uh, he says, "You know what? Let's go find fucking Hugh. He's going to know some more about this. Let's go track his ass down." So they have a little road trip across to go see if they can find any clues in his old house. Uh, They don't find a ton except some old dirty magazines, which, uh, of course, Paul is going to investigate very closely. He immediately gets in there. And uh, like most of us, we keep our prized high school possessions of our yearbook photo within our pornographic magazines. Uh, And luckily, they do recognize the picture as being uh, a local high school. So they then head over to the high school. They're able to find out his real name and track him down. And, uh, yeah. Real quick, though. I do have something to interject. So I know it seems weird that we see the picture in the magazine. I get that. But obviously it's a porno mag. My thought is he obviously loved that girl. He's probably jerking it to the picture of her, even though it's not particularly sexy. But also, if I'm not mistaken, we see that girl as it at some point early on in the movie. She is oh. it. Oh. 
that's interesting. I didn't pick up on that. I thought of it if he was just like me. He's just such a supreme narcissist that he jerks off to pictures of himself, and that's really what he's into. He's just like, ooh, it's like me, but with titties on it. Nice. So the, so, so the worst thing is the, the 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 creature knows his mind and and tries to be this chick that he really wants to do. So, like, while the creature's, like, following him, he has to, like, jerk off, but keep on walking away from it. <laughs> yeah, he no, tries to make... have sex with the girl. He's He thinks that, uh, like, masturbation is sex, so he's been trying to give it follows to the magazines this entire time. That's, that's what he just didn't understand. <laughs> no, I mean, I think he's already had sex with that girl, or you're right, maybe he hasn't, but he definitely cares for her. Now, he obviously tells us earlier in the movie, he believes he got it from a one-night stand at a bar. That's where he thinks he got it from. But no, I still have the suspicion that this is either a girl he wants to have sex with that he cared about, or someone he's already had sex with, but she's not the one that technically gave it to him. But we see her, if I'm not mistaken, at one point as it, as like an apparition of what he's been fantasizing about i think there's another story to be told about this in song because he like his love grows cold but his memory hasn't been sold his it is a centerfold um, ain't it, it is, is a centerfold. Uh-huh. A centerfold. <laughs> rest in peace. Rest it in also... peace, uh, Jay Giles, even though you're dead. It also begs the question, Can it is the it follows, can you only pass it on to the person that you do it? So if it's not following you, do you pass it on to other people still the whole time? Or is it like a giant spider web? Like, you understand, it's not on Hugh right now, or who his name is Jeff Redman right. now. They found him out. Right. But if he, maybe he can't bang his high school sweetheart because he's scared he'll give her the fucking thing. Well, well, he will the first time, is my understanding. It's not like every time you have sex. Or no, that's a good point. Because maybe that unfolds later in the movie. Hmm. That no, that I'm, is a good point. I mean, it's I'm like thinking. The, I'm thinking he finds the right porn star, and the demon will never kill anybody. I got gotcha. you. I think this should have been called cock ring. Especially, <laughs> especially if he drives out to California and finds a porn star, and then finds another porn star on the East Coast. That fucker will be walking like left and right, like every other ten fucking minutes the rest of his life. Yeah, he needs to go on an international tour. You know, there you go. Oh, you'd be like, oh, they're making another movie. Oh, damn it! Ten minutes later, they're making another movie on the East Coast. Hey, I got, I got this. This thing walks everywhere. Fucking astronaut! They go into the space station for nine months. How are you gonna walk there, pal? Huh? That's kind of smart. <laughs> and they don't seem to be very good with doing. <laughs> Take <laughs> that, walking demon! Yeah, he is, really, I'm, the, a... I'm the walking demon. I don't know how I will get into space unless I go to NASA. I'm, I'm sorry, Ashley, you were saying? No, isn't it weird? That is a fair point, though. Isn't it weird that this is like some other worldly creature, an apparition, and yet it walks real slowly and it seems to be real tarded when it comes to doors because it's like, I can't open the door. Let's do the rock. <laughs> Must use rock to break <laughs> door. Can I can I can I suggest it follows two 
in space. Yes, you can, Jeremy, and I knew you'd want to. I'm walking to Alpha Centauri. Um, so, anyhow, uh, they finally track down Jay at his house and meet his mom, and Jay has some more things to say about the thing. Look, even though it's following you, I can still see it. It's not done with me either, okay? And like I told you, all you can do is pass it along to someone else. What the fuck are you talking about? Look, she could do the same thing I did. I mean, it should be easy for her. She's a girl. Any guy would be with you. Just sleep with someone else and tell him to do the same thing. Maybe he'll never come back. This isn't real. I, I swear to you, this is just some fucked up game. Look, I'm not safe either, okay? We, we shouldn't even be in the same place. I, I'm sorry. You guys need to get the fuck out. Hey, watch it. If it kills her, it gets me. It goes straight down the line to whoever started it. Jay, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to hurt you. Okay, someone did this to me too. Okay. Who did it to you? I met a girl at a bar. It was one night stand. I, I don't even remember her name. I think that's where it came from. Jeff, I don't believe you. No, she might. But I think you're a fucking lion. What are you doing to her? Some fucked up shit. Do you guys see that girl right there? And I like it that they just literally... The best part of this movie are all the people that aren't the It Follows thing, which is this girl wasn't. She just looked like she was like mentally handicapped <laughs> they just like they like every it must be hard like when you just go by the short bus and you're like oh my god it's all it follows ah! <laughs> which is very which is very funny or you just look like you're racist sometimes because she sees that indian guy at one time and like oh god it's one of them he's like i am just indian this is this is inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> which i i find to be very hilarious he's like no 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 no. you don't understand there's a demon that it, it follows me because i had sex and it's like it was like sure that's what they all say whatever and then he's like all fucking mad at her he's like i'm not racist I, i'm being hunted <laughs> i just have to say i i love this scene because there is something so accurate about a man committing sexual assault and then being like i'm sorry i didn't mean to hurt you oops whoopsie doodle uh, got it so he says just give it to somebody else you can do it you're a girl which uh you know i'm just a girl it was that's what that song was about by gwen stefani uh yep so, who doesn't want all this puss yeah so uh so the gang decides to put some distance between it and uh, they head for Greg's hunting cabin. And uh, Greg, can, can I just can I just say that I wish Gwen Stefani would give the evil demon to the guy from Bush, so Bush wouldn't make any more music. Oh, that it that would be nice. That would be nice. Although <laughs> I will say Bush's song "Mouth" is the only redeeming part of the movie "An American Werewolf in Paris." So. So there'd be no more songs where the guy sings the whole fucking song with one fucking note. 
Uh, so anyway, uh, the gang heads to the cabin. Uh, Jay gets to learn how to shoot a gun, and that's pretty exciting. And she's not a great marksman, as we will follow find out more. She literally shoots like five shots, hits a cereal box once, and her accuracy in no way approves. So uh, they then hang out at the beach, and uh, she gets attacked as the thing sneaks up behind her in the form of Yara, who Yara is out in the thing, and uh, the, the rest of the scared friends see her hair lift up and gets beat up. Fucking Paul gets whacked like the fucking Undertaker clotheslines and completely out of the shot. Uh, I do like that part. They end up locking themselves inside the shed. They open the gun, uh, but Greg, who can't see the thing, is coming up, so she th- he thinks he's getting shot at, and he's just like, God, these crazy ladies. I taught them how to use guns, and look at what they're doing already. And uh, she eventually hits it in the neck, which means it is vulnerable to attack. Right. So it can be hurt, even though it is invisible. So it is a physical, invisible thing that they can uh, hurt, because much like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, if it bleeds, we can kill it. So we've opened up green. It doesn't bleed in green blood, though. Yeah, it doesn't. doesn't Well, I was going to say, if that's the standard we're using for, like, how you kill people, no wonder there's so much domestic violence. (laughs) I made somebody was um. I was at Wits End on Thursday. Uh, and speaking of domestic violence, uh, uh, somebody was talking about uh, Israel and Palestine, and I brought up. Uh, I was like, I was like, you know, me and my girlfriend are a lot like Israel and Palestine. I always have to defend myself, and uh, that was my, <laughs> that's my my domestic abuse joke that I did not oh. tell on stage and saved for here, guys. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure the. Uh, the it when it tries to crawl through the door isn't the fucking nine foot guy. No, I think right. it's a kid, I thought. But like a second before before see- the fucking creature, you see the nine foot guy through the window in the in mm-hmm. the uh fucking uh shed, which I liked. So always which, changing. Here's my opinion on that, if I can talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. We will see him later a little bit later at one point the tall man again i have a theory from like the looks of him and where he showed up at one point i've got like this vibe that he is like and maybe eric's theory about abuse could be correct so i think it is supposed to be a personification of her dad oh well the dad is yeah definitely at the pool with her dad was at the pool yeah, the pool Correct. at the pool at the end. It's definitely the dad. I think it was played by like Paul Rudd. But you're saying that's the personification of it. I just... but we see him before the pool too. We also see him enter her bedroom as like the tall, overbearing figure with the mom. Hmm. Interesting. And the mom walks into her bedroom. I know we're hopping ahead, but my opinion is it's very possible that he is an overbearing. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like... You got some sirens. Um, yeah, sorry, because I live on the world's worst street. Um, but no, it's very possible that he he's like a personification of possible abuse from her dad, potentially. I don't know. But that if he's one of her fears, one of her figures, that he would be this overbearing, terrifying. Interesting. Interesting. As as an allegory, yes. But uh, I think he, uh, that, the, that she uh, actually loved her dad and they're he's just trying to torture her as the image of her dad 
but the, 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 the it's the it's not a stretch in 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 allegory terms that's for sure i gotta well, just say you're... that this is the episode we've used the phrase allegory the most ever. i know uh, <laughs> look at us getting smarter what's, what's i meant happening? to i meant to say it's an our our ass and and glory there you go it's an arian story Arian um, story. <laughs> <laughs> there we go ash there we now go. we're back on back brand, on brand. <laughs> yeah. but how is it an arian story if there's all black i don't get it yeah. anyway uh so they lock themselves in the shed that little kid breaks through there and she runs for the station wagon and then uh does some uh, top-notch driving as she crashes it into a cornfield and gets knocked out. Um, she awakens in the hospital, and Paul and Greg are by her side, but the fear of seeing the thing is constantly in her mind as she lays in that bed. Hey, so, don't, you like how, don't you like how she waits for her friends to get in the car and everything? Yeah, she's get the fuck out of here, you idiots! <laughs> um, I forced, I forced my, my brother to watch my favorite Keanu Reeves movie, called uh the river's edge mm-hmm. oh, and the best my. part is that the chick named clarissa who's supposed mm-hmm. to be the getaway driver she starts driving away without her and you don't actually hear it in the movie but you hear him talk about it later when he's like you didn't have to call me a stupid bitch to make me stop the car <laughs> <laughs> God, you're not gonna want to hear this jeremy but i've tried to watch that movie with my dad doug and it it was a tough watch I'm not going to lie. It was a tough watch. It's not me. It's not a great movie, but I will say it is worth it just to see all the scenes with Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper is a showstopper <laughs> Look, in that. It's, it's the greatest movie of my generation, and it's the most annoying movie that Crispin Glover has ever made. <laughs> but better than that, when I met the guy who played the 7-Eleven guy, I brought an actual Budweiser so that I could say, it's time to turn back time. So. There you go, buddy. There you go. Otherwise known as Taylor Negron. <laughs> so uh, she comes up with a plan, and Greg is more than willing to help. Uh, she fucks Greg in the hospital, uh, which is, uh, I guess, you know, I, why not? At this point, if you're willing to do it, let's have at it. Uh, you know, this is the same as, like, fucking Ricky Martin. He's going to have, like, five other chicks within a week, right? This is like Ricky Martin. Ricky, well, you know, some other, you know, he's the playboy boy. Yeah, he's also turbo gay. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm i not mentioning the song where he wakes up in a hotel and he's been like, you know, uh, jimmied, you know, he's been drugged and his wallet is gone. Living La Vida Loca? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's what the Living La Vida Loca was about. And he's like... <laughs> There's a demon after you. I'm fucking you in a hospital. I'm gonna get it on me. Now it's after me now. I think this yeah, gal Yeah, living La Vida Boca, is... just not getting killed by a demon. Yeah. So uh, yeah. she fucks Greg in the, uh, in the hospital, uh, and uh, we get to hear Greg uh, talk about it the next day as he hasn't really seen too much. Okay. You really haven't seen anything? Nope. She didn't make it up. We'll know sooner or later, right? That chair broke in midair. I I mean, something knocked me over and the door didn't break on its own. Something happened. But it's not what she thinks, okay? What do you think it was then? 
<laughs> me destroying some fucking puss. All right. <laughs> I'm Greg, everybody. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, Greg is a douche because he doesn't even really believe it's a thing. So he doesn't he wasn't doing it as a right. part to help. He's not like Paul, the ultimate simp who really well, we'll see, really does want to help. Calling him simp. He, I like Paul. <laughs> More men should be like Paul. Be you just called like him a cuck. <laughs> no, no, he's not a cuck. Not well, a cuck. he doesn't want to watch people fuck her. It breaks his heart. He to watched, watch people fuck her. He watched. I Greg, hate men. He watched Greg fuck her one time, and now he's a cuck. Ugh, God. <laughs> I hate him so much. We are the worst. I agree. So look, uh, Paul is uh, clearly uh, jealous, but. Uh, Greg. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Rob and Joe show Monday nights. I almost always have a song every week. All right, cool. So, they didn't pay me for that, by the way. Sorry. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. I'm just Sorry. checking. I want to move the show along. I appreciate it. I love your plugs for the Joe, Rob and Joe show on our show. Joe and That's Rob. That's great. Uh, so she fucks uh, Greg in the hospital. I've lost my complete place in my notes, but uh, she's locked herself in a room and she's not coming out. But uh, her friends uh, uh, but her friends field her calls for her and they talk to Greg outside. Meanwhile, she's just watching Greg's house like a fucking cat. Uh, waiting for Morden breakfast. Uh, she sees the follower uh, disguised as Greg as it breaks into his house with the same MO that she got into her house. Throw a giant rock through the window and climb in. So she fran- frantically runs to Greg's house to try to save him. And the monster the is the monster is in his mom's form this time, and uh, it all of a sudden just uh, titties out. Uh, he's oh, like, "What the fuck, mom? What's going on?" Great. Yeah, they great are great rack. It uh, it overtakes Greg instantly, and then uh, she walks over to go check it out, and uh, oh, the. The mom monster is riding him cowboy style, and milk is like coming out of her, and is, uh, it's gross. All everything that's happening. What? I don't remember seeing that at all. You don't remember seeing all like the fluids coming out of like her hands and stuff, and like around her crotch area. Like I don't it know, was. Oh, it, I mean, I, I, what does it come? It's a whitey substance that is coming out of her body. <laughs> Do you know how bodies work? <laughs> Eric watched a different version. Well, what would you, what would you call the substance then? Yeah, probably, probably like maybe some sort of like vaginal. Like like fluids, like when a chick gets wet, but like you do know that normal women don't produce milk when they're wet, right? You know that. Listen, <laughs> how often does fucking vaginal secretion come out of the hands? Okay. <laughs> I'm not being crazy here. Fair. We're talking about a fictional Fair, movie. Not milk. Why would it be milk? That that's that's weird. Especially, I know it's his mom like air quotes, but like no, like the ah, it's not milk. The best part Ugh, is. The best part is, is when Greg takes that moment to look up and then he looks up at Jay and goes, I've been slimed. And then uh, <laughs> it's a it's a powerful part of the movie. So uh, I hate to say, I hate to say, I, the weird thing is that you don't really know that the creature is coming to kill you, but it fucks you to death. 
And I think another great movie uh, name for the movie would be The Fuck Monster. The Fuck Monster. I like it. It has a ring to it, Jeremy. Write that down. And check out the Quality Time merch store for the Fuck Monster t-shirt. It is selling like hotcakes right now. Get your fuck monster on. Get it in you. Um, Starring Sigourney Weaver. Jay then drives into the night and uh, sleeps on the hood of her car in the woods. Then she finds some dudes having a little lake party, and it looks like she tries to go out Creepshow 2 style to the dock for a little swim, which I thought her intention was to just fuck one of these dudes, but apparently she doesn't do that, or she just, they're like, sorry, we're not into this crazy level of pussy. I don't understand it. Um, I mean, which also makes, um, I think Hugh a little bit of a liar cause she he said this would be easy and apparently it's not. Um, so Paul then offers to take it and she says that, uh, she shouldn't have slept with Greg. This is a bad idea. So he gets friend zoned as trying to actually help her out. Uh, thought he'd be okay, but, uh, you know, from this, uh, this is where I consider him to be the king of all simps at this point. And I know this is not going to make Ashley happy and that Paul is a nice person. But uh, listen, he's he's gone full Dave Schofer at this point. He needs to relax, okay? he's just It's not going to happen, Paul. Or is it? Uh, they do have a plan, though, for this thing. They uh, decide to go to a local pool and pick up every piece of 80s appliance that exists in, I think, the 2000s because it has to be modern times still. I don't know. I don't understand. Cell phones exist, but not smartphones. That's all I know. But every appliance that they pick up is literally from the thrift store, and they just set it up as looking like the best fucking Nirvana video ever. I don't know. I wanted to commit suicide in that pool. So uh, they get in there, and the idea it's obviously really, it's is... It's really helpful that they put all those outlets around a pool. Yeah, <laughs> that really was helpful. I also do like that uh, that uh, they put so many of them. They're like, we won't mess this up. We'll make it we'll make so many easy access points to just push one of these in. There's no way we could fuck this up. But uh, she hops in the pool. All the friends are waiting. But uh, one of the things that we, um, we've neglected to mention that while it's slow and while it's that, it's not dumb. So uh, it does mention that it's not dumb, even though Ashley did graciously point out that it can't handle a simple door most of the time. It does notice that this thing is a trap when it walks in there. Oh, my God. Just walked in the room. It's right there. It's here? Right there! Jay, what do you see? I don't want to tell you. Jay, I I need you to point at it, okay? Keep your finger aimed at it so we can see where it is. And this is the part that drives me nuts, is that it starts picking up the appliances and then unplug throwing them into them at her, mm-hmm. which uh, is also very funny. He's like, keep pointing at it. I was like, maybe where the giant floating lamp is floating right there. It could be right there, Paul. Maybe shoot in that direction where the <laughs> where the appliance is levitating. That's probably a good spot to start. Uh, I, I kept thinking how they're going to get in trouble for all, like, all these appliances in the pool if they ever get caught. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, they're eventually she crawls out of the uh, pool and uh, 
uh, I believe uh, Yara is able to uh, toss a sheet on top of it, and uh, they're able to uh, wound it and kick it into the pool, where then uh, Jay is able to, or I'm sorry, where Paul is able to shoot it in the head uh, in the water from outside, and which doesn't make a lot of sense. If you've ever watched Mythbusters, you can't take uh, bullets... <laughs> It won't. It, it loses. It disperses all of its energy after it hits the surface. After like and, a couple, and of even inches. and even fifty millimeter isn't good. Yeah, yeah. So, but maybe it's also because the thing is really actually soft. You know, we don't really know. But by the way, in Call of Duty, mm-hmm. you can shoot like a hundred yards in water. It's totally fucking fake, dude. I'm. I'm you can shocked. also play. But you can also play as like a zombie character, and and you can dance during the game too. That's real. But that's that's real. I got it. Fuck yeah. So uh, Call of Duty rules. They they eventually shoot it in the head, and Jay can see that it bleeds out into there. But uh, just as a precaution, she decides to fuck Paul that night because you know what? He earned it. He earned that uh, that that prize of being cursed for the rest of his life. And then uh, we also see Paul go cruising for some prostitutes out in the uh, seedy side. And they, I like the realism of the prostitutes in the movie because they are real lot lizard looking uh, ladies. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy them. They are definitely like $10 sucking fucks, you know? And uh, that's, that's, I like that he went with, you know, a budget in mind and uh, knowing that he'd be able to pass it to many people that way so you know you know what we call them in baltimore what's that bel air road beauties bel blair road beauties oh my god joe tomorrow oh you mean that lady over there down by the luskins <laughs> hell yeah uh oh by the way uh a true story about marty bass okay marty bass marty bass local uh broadcaster yeah the weatherman uh he got picked up for prostitution and uh, his excuse that he told the uh, press was, uh, "Oh, when I asked for a head, uh, I asked as a as a reporter to get inside her head. I wasn't actually <laughs> asking for like a blowjob." So I was I was doing deep undercover investigative reporting, and uh, I felt what better way to to do it than to try. You know, you know how like some reporters, you go to the local bar, have the crab cake. You know, that's all he was trying to do. Amazingly still kept his job and still on the air. So way to go, Marty Bass. All right. So uh, Paul then uh, passes it on to likely some uh, prostitutes. Dara ends up or Yara ends up reading this line at the end to close out the film. When there's torture, there's pain and wounds, physical agony, and all this distracts the mind from mental suffering so that one is tormented by the wounds until the moment of death. And the most terrible agony may not be in the wounds themselves, but in knowing for certain that within an hour, then within 10 minutes, then within half a minute, and now, at this very instant, your soul will leave your body and you will no longer be a person. And that, this is certain. The worst thing is that it is certain. And that brings us to an end. Of It Follows! Oh my gosh, Jeremy's in a clown mask now. It's very good for our audio medium. Uh, Ashley, your final thoughts on It Follows? 
Well, my actual final thought is though that may be technically the end of the movie, we missed the very end that as they are walking away, there is actually someone following her as she walks hand in hand with Paul. Ooh, very scary. Absolutely, yeah. It never goes away. It always follows. I wonder what they would do for a sequel to It Follows. Do they finally try to unravel everything and find who Patient Zero is? Well, no. I mean, I would expect the sequel would be you have a kid because that never goes away either. It follows and wants fruit snacks. (laughs) (laughs) I I think in the uh, sequel you you find out that the original um, demon follower is actually Tom Cruise. Yes, and he's a full-on Scientologist. He's just like, have you heard about? Have, have you heard the good news about uh, uh, this? Uh, this is Dianetics. Please read this book. Please read this book. Read this book. It's just him and jumping around like a fucking maniac trying to sell he you. Puts on- everybody on EU meters so he can read their lies. Oh God, no! There is hell. What do we got coming up, Ashley? What do you got on the docket? Uh, so Hannah's basement was actually canceled this past Friday due to weather. So we look be looking for a reschedule of that. Um, and then I will be at Slate Brewery June thirteenth. All right, check her out at State Brewery. Jeremy, you got anything coming up? No, I have no life or career, and my car is in the shop. And I'm hoping to repair it. Will cost less than a thousand dollars, so I'm, my wife won't have to shell out as much. All right. Uh- Life uh, is good. Very good, very good. Well, uh, you can catch... Start planning my funeral for the end of the week. Hell yeah. Uh, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. It's Eric with a K, comedy with a C. Um, check all that shit out. I got a murder mystery uh, tonight, but by the time you hear it, it'll be yesterday. Uh, but I do have some more shows coming up that I'll be announcing shortly. Uh Hop on our merch page on uh, Eric Comedy at the Woodworth Brothers Emporium. We're going to have some new shirts coming up that uh, Ashley's been working very hard on, and uh, I'm helping push over the line here. So all that shit out. Check it out. Give us some money. Help help support the pod. And leave us a five-star rating where you're at it. Jeremy, take us out of here. It's right there. It's invisible. Shoot it if you put a sheet over it. Some people are natural
Thank you. 